0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We want to let you know about our new Wired for Greatness online discipleship platform. It equips you to do the work of God in your realm of influence. Check it out at wiredforgreatness.me. Enjoy this podcast. So today we want to talk about, I I want to read the story to you. I I believe in the public reading of scripture. Uh, We read a lot of Bible around here. We love the word of God and we believe in it. We believe that it is our foundation for our faith. We do not abandon it. Um, I try my best to not give you my opinion, but I tell you when I do. I'll tell you, here's my opinion, just so you can differentiate, all right? So yeah, we're gonna read in John chapter 20. If you wanna open your Bibles, we're also gonna have it on the screen. I'm gonna be reading out of the English Standard Translation today, mostly. And if you've been uh, a part of our gatherings lately, Last week was Palm Sunday. We read out of John for that. And then, you know, on Good Friday, we also were reading out of John. We stopped right here at John 20. We're just kind of tracking along with the, the story because this is an amazing story. You know, if you're bored with your Bible reading, you should probably read it a little slower. It's an amazing story. It's quite a ridiculous story in some places. I mean, think of it. This, this, the claim. No one has claimed to have been risen from the dead and ascended into heaven. No one has made that claim except for Jesus. That's a pretty audacious claim. And so, I think about it. I mean, I know we, we, we feel like we understand. We feel like we know the story. We're very familiar with it. But familiarity kind of breeds contempt sometimes. Even with Jesus, his hometown, they said, oh, who is this guy? You grew up among us. We know your brothers, your sisters. They're here with us. You know, and he could not do any mighty miracles there. You remember that? Because they were overly familiar with him. So let's not stop the flow of miracles in our lives today by being over familiar with the story of him. Amen? Amen. Let me, just, let me just give, I know we have a lot of guests. You can say amen. You can be loud. I like noise. You're not going to bother me. I promise you will not outweird me. So go ahead. Try. Okay? You're not going to bother me. <laughs> it's Okay? And I would usually say if someone's bothering you, just get up and get another seat, but we really don't have that option today. So just pray for them if they're bothering you. Pray for you, pray for you, pray for you, actually. (laughs) Anyway, so we're gonna read the story. We're gonna pick it up in John chapter 20, verse one. And this is the resurrection story. It says, now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. <clears throat> so she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. That's a pretty safe assumption, right? I mean, you can't blame her. You and I probably would think the same thing. They've taken him somewhere. His body's not there, right? I think a lot of times we don't give these characters a little the slack they need. You know, you and I would have said the same stuff. Somebody stole his body, you know. <laughs> We'd be, we think, oh, we would go, he's risen from the dead. No. No, he'd be like, somebody stole him. Someone took him out of there. Yeah. Verse 3, so Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. This is the most hilarious verse in the whole story right here. They were both running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I just, if you don't know, the other disciple is the guy who wrote this gospel, so... Ha ha, that's hilarious. (laughs) The other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. (laughs) And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, In case you missed it the first time, (laughs) who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw, and say this with me, believed. He saw, and say it with me, believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. And this is where I want to focus right here. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. This tells me something about the nature and character of God because Jesus is God. Amen? There should be a little bit more on that. Amen. Jesus is God. Amen? Amen. That's right. (laughs) And God knows full well why she's weeping. She's confused. She thinks the body got stolen. He still asks the question. (laughs) Isn't that just like God in your time of confusion and despair? He doesn't just give you the answer, He asks you a question. Anyone experience that from God? This is just the way God woos you. This is the way God leads you so that you can come to your own conclusion. He asks really good questions. It's good. Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, which she was right. He is a gardener. Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means Teacher. She recognized him when her name was on his lips. As Soon as he said her name, the lights came on, and he, she could see him. I believe there's a few people here who have heard their name from the lips of the Lord. I, I believe there's a few of you. I was watching some of your worship. I can, I can usually point them out. <laughs> Oh, man, if you don't know me, just know I'm a little weird and silly, and it's okay. Just go for the roller coaster. Just stick with me. It's going to be good. Aramaic says, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not ascended yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Let's say that together. Ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. That's an amazing statement. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. He walked through the wall, you guys, like walked through the wall. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said To them again, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. (laughs) If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Did you know that you're the vessel of forgiveness on the earth? If you withhold it, they don't experience it. If you're thinking of someone right now, you should probably make a note in your phone to call them after. (laughs) If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came, when he walked through the wall. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Excuse me. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you, because you need it. When a guy walks through the wall, you need some peace. You freak out a little bit. (laughs) Come on, don't over spiritualize yourself. That would freak you out. That would freak you out. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put your. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who who have not seen and yet have believed. That's you. That's me. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. Thank you. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, by believing, you may have life in His name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now I want to focus. I know, we just read a whole chapter of the Bible. Are you okay? <laughs> it's good. It's good for you. It's good. I want to focus on... Mary and Thomas, because it doesn't actually say it in this translation, but many translations say that Jesus addressed Thomas directly, and he did, and he said Thomas' name. He said, put your hands in my side, Thomas. Put your hands in my, or put your finger in the holes in my hands. The thing is, people call him Doubting Thomas. I call him Tenacious Thomas. He wanted the proof. He was the first one to be in Christ. Yes, he was. Because of his tenacity to experience God for himself. Mary was at the tomb waiting after the other disciples had left, right? Peter and John, they left. I'm sure John got home first. (laughs) Mary is waiting and weeping. She sees the angels. She sees Jesus. She hears her name. Jesus says, Mary. So we have... In this story, in this chapter, in this account of the gospel, we have Jesus only saying two names, addressing two people directly, Mary and Thomas. And I was asking the Lord what to, what to talk about today, and he told me there are going to be two people here today. There's going to be the Marys and the Thomases. And so you can figure out for yourself which one of those you are, and let me just open this up to you, if that's okay. Yeah? So I'm going to read this, um, John 20, 16 through 18, in the Passion Translation. I like this translation of the Bible. It says, Mary, Jesus interrupted her as she's saying, where is he, you know? He, did, you, did you take him? Mary, Jesus interrupted her. Turning to face him, she said, Rabboni, Aramaic, for my teacher. Jesus cautioned her, Mary, don't hold on to me now for I haven't yet ascended to God my father. And he's not only my father and my God, but now he's your father and your God. Because when he resurrected from the grave, he gave you the right to become a son or a daughter of God. That's why it's so important. This is so important. That's why a lot of you are here. This is a day of where we all gather, you know, this is a a significant day. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you, that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. I've seen the Lord, she told him, and she gave them his message. Now let's back up a little bit. He cautions her, Mary, don't cling to me now. Now I've read a bunch of commentaries on this. I've heard a lot of sermons on this. They all make me angry. Because they, call it, they say Mary was doing something inappropriate. They say Mary was, was overly emotional. They say Mary was doing something that was interrupting the process of God. Well, that's not what the actual text says. The text, this should be translated, and the New American Standard Version, New American Standard Bible, in ASB, translates it correctly. I don't have it on the screens, but you can look it up. It says, do not continue to cling to me. Discontinue the clinging, Mary. You have a job to do. You're supposed to be the first apostle. Just checking. If anybody stands up or heckles me, giving you the chance. The word apostelos means sent forth or sent one. Jesus was sending her forth to the other disciples to proclaim the resurrection. To proclaim the gospel of power that raised him from the dead. Mary, a woman, was the first messenger of the gospel. She was the first sent one. She was the first apostle. No, she didn't pen scripture. No, I'm not saying that. But those aren't the qualifications for apostles because not even all the apostles pen scripture. About 25% of them even wrote anything down. So he says to Mary don't continue clinging to me. You have a job to do. But then he gets into Thomas's space eight days after he's with the other disciples. Eight days, eight is the number of born again or new beginnings in the Bible. So eight days later, that's significant. Nothing in your Bible is insignificant. It's all important. It's all on purpose, right? Eight days later, he says to Thomas, go ahead, cling to me. Grab on, hold on as long as you need to. Put your hands here, touch me. So, this is the whole point right here. This is the whole point of my message today. Give it to you quick, in case you have to tune me out, because it blows your mind. I don't know. Here it is. Some of you are married, and you just want to be with the Lord. You just want to clean. You just want to stay with Him. And He's saying, get off your butt And get to work I have a message for you to carry it's time for you to go it's time to take me with you some of you've been hiding in this the secret place the closet for way too long it's time to come out of the closet and proclaim the risen Christ some of you like I'm fine I've got a personal relationship with Jesus I have a personal private relationship with Jesus well you're supposed to have that yes But it's supposed to spill out into a public declaration of who God is through Jesus Christ in your life. And some of you, I don't I mean, it's okay. You only go to church a couple times a year because you have that private relationship with God, and that's just you and Jesus. You don't need his people, you don't need all that stuff. Jesus Himself is calling you out to saying, Stop sitting here with me and clinging to me alone. It's time to go, it's time to do, it's time to be a message. It's time to become a prayer. It's time to become a living epistle, written and read for all men. And then there's the other person in the room, Thomas. Thomas, like I said, I call him Tenacious Thomas because I love it. I love that he wanted his own encounter with Jesus. And I just want to, I really want to say to you today, it's okay, buddy. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I'm going to drink it now. <laughs> I want to say to you, if you're, you don't even know if Jesus is God, you have doubts in your heart. You are doubting that Jesus is even this resurrected one. You might have even looked around worship today and been like, what are these people doing? Crazy people. Why are their hands in the air? Are they reaching for something? Does that make you more spiritual to get higher off the ground? What is that? You might even question whether the Bible is true. You might have questions that, you know, that God even exists. You might be sitting in this room, and you only came because it's today, and that's totally fine. And you have questions. You know what God? how God responds to that? He says, here, get your own proof. Touch me. Many of you have felt rushed to pray a prayer, make a decision. Many of you felt pressured. You hate coming to church because they're going to make you close your eyes and raise your hand and feel manipulated. When it's not time for you to cling and sit with the Lord, it's time for you to investigate. It's time for you to get your own encounter. Many people are trying to convince you to get to know Jesus based off their encounter, and that's okay. God uses that. He used Mary. But many others need their own encounter. And you know what the first thing love is? Patience. So there will be no moment today where I make you stand up or raise your hand or pray a prayer that's not in the Bible (laughs) to get to heaven. Not going to do that. I'm going to invite you. If you're Thomas today, you have doubts, I'm going to say, give yourself a break. Pressure's off. It might take a few days. It might be eight days later. It might be eight months later. Come on, I know. I know that this is, it's, we're talking about eternal life here. We're talking about eternal death and eternal life. I'm not trying to make it, it less, I'm not trying to lessen the impact of that moment. I'm just saying I'm not okay with test tube Christianity. I'm not okay with you just formulate it. Put a little bit of this, a little bit of that, shake it in a tube until it turns a certain color. All right, you're a Christian. No. You know, those test tube children, they make them on a shelf. Yeah, that's what's happening in the church all over the place. Last time I checked, it takes nine months. Eight, at least, to do it right. Have a little bit of experience with the early birth thing. Not me, my wife. All right? Premature birth in the church is hamstringing the message of the gospel. Listen, if you're an evangelist and I'm ticking you off, you have a grace to usher people in. That's good. That needs to happen. People need to be provoked. I'm not taking that away. I'm saying there are some Thomases on the planet. There are Thomases who need their own encounter, and that's not coming today maybe. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's a week from now. Here's the point. You have to make a decision to want the encounter. That's the only decision you need to make today. You needed to decide, am I going to go get my own touch from God? Am I going to be tenacious, even through my doubts, and go grab him and say, I need to, I need to handle him. I need to, I need to be one-on-one, me and him alone. I'm giving you permission today to do that. Now listen, there's practical sides to this, okay? There's a practical side. Because that sounds really ethereal, like what? Is Jesus going to walk into my bedroom? Maybe, I don't know, who knows. Uh, Am I going to be caught up in a vision? I don't know, maybe. All that's biblical, probably, eventually, right? But here's some practical side of it. There are people who carry, like Mary, the hope of glory. They're in this room, they might be sitting next to you. They carry the resurrected one. And God wants you to encounter Jesus through his people. And so at the end of this day, we're going to have a, a prayer team up here. And you might need to come down and say, listen, I'm Thomas. I, I have doubts. I don't even know if Jesus is God. And they will not, they, none of this, my team members will chastise you or say, how dare you, whatever. Just believe. Just believe. They will not say that. They will say, okay, let's pray that you encounter him now. Is that okay? And you might just meet Jesus today at this altar and have your own encounter that marks you. Thomas was a martyr. Thomas died for this message. Quit calling him Doubting Thomas. Stop it. It says he doubted. It doesn't call him Doubting Thomas. You, how many of you have died for the gospel? Come on. You think of it. Let his legacy be something better, that he actually was tenacious enough to say, I need my own touch from God, and I'm willing to die for him now that I've had it. Because when you're marched like that, one-on-one with Jesus, you go to crazy lease. You buy a building before you can even pay for it. You do crazy stuff. But when you have to ride someone else's story, someone else's encounter, it's wimpy. Storms come. You bail out. You say, never mind. Is this helping at all? I want you to have permission to be where you are. The problem is a lack of discernment. I'm just talking church side here. Church side, church people, what we have is a lack of discernment. Jesus only did what the Father was doing, present tense. Jesus always consulted the Father before he did anything. And he had a 100% success rate. Imagine that. Huh? <laughs> So what we've done is we've programmed it, and we've made it a process, and we say, oh, just say this prayer. Oh, just come to church. Oh, just sing these songs. Oh, just put the lights this way. Oh, just do it that. Blah, 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 blah. Make sure you have parking teams. Make sure you have smiling faces. And then they'll get an encounter with Jesus. No, some people need to go get their own encounter and investigate. And I'm telling you, you have permission. But it's your decision. No one's going to make you decide to get an encounter with Jesus but I just want to, take, I want to take the manipulation mantle off today. Because I know, I know. I, get, I grew up in church. I know. Days like this, Christmas and Easter, I know. There's that moment coming where everybody's going to get real awkward. <laughs> it's about 10 minutes from now when I finish. going to get real weird in here. They're going to make me walk down the aisle before it's my wedding day. To rush me into that dress called the bride of Christ corporately and so what God is inviting every person into right now is their own personal process Mary had a process Mary thought it was time to sit and stay and clean and not let him go from me but that was not the process God wanted for her it was time for her to carry the message and if that's you today, you just need, to, all you have to do is say, okay, Lord, I'm done sitting and staying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to from rest, because I've been resting with you, I'm going to from that rest do the work of the ministry. You could do it here. You can't, you don't have to do it here. I don't care. I mean, you need to step into what God's calling you to do. And you know who you are. The Marys know who they are. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then if you're Thomas. And you've not had, you just hear about all these encounters. You hear about people being, you know, crying in worship because they feel touched by God. You hear about it, and you have doubts. You don't even know if God is real. It's okay. God is not intimidated by your doubts. God wants to know, will you decide to seek him? Easy decision, yes or no? And listen to me. It'd break my heart if you say, no, I'm not going to seek him, but I can't do anything to make you make that decision. I'm encouraging you that this thing, when you seek him, he shows up. When you seek him with all your heart, he will be found. He will. And you know what's on the other side of finding him? Righteousness, yes. That means right standing with God. That means that you get to be made right with God. All of your sins deleted. Never to be brought up again. Not today, not tomorrow, not judgment day. Deleted, gone. Forgotten. Hebrews 8, check me. Jeremiah 31, check me. Forgotten their wicked ways. I have forgotten them. God forgotten them. God forgotten them. God forgot them. (laughs) He said, I will remember them no more. That means, that's the opposite of dismember, you know? He's going to remember them no more. He's going to put it back together no more. He's not going to play the YouTube clip of all your sins on the last day. No, he's not. That would make him a liar. That would make his word incorrect. just read it a couple times, that's what it says, that's the first thing, righteousness, made right with God, have peace with God, you don't have to worry about if God's mad at you or anything like that, because he's not, he's love, but you get to have that peace, that relationship, that perfect, that private relationship, that's the first thing, righteousness, and then, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, peace is the second thing, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is what I'm talking about, peace, meaning you're settled, you have the shalom of heaven, that means you can go through difficult things and still have a good day, It's not just getting through life. It's going through life and having a good time, all right? It's not waiting till heaven and living like hell all the way there. It's actually bringing heaven to earth through you because you have the shalom door. You have the prince of peace open inside of you, and he ushers things in through your life. Doesn't that sound good? Sounds like a good deal. And then finally, joy. This is what's on the table if you decide to seek him, Thomas. On the other side of your encounter is righteousness, peace, and joy. You get to enjoy yourself. Church should be enjoyable. It's a third of the kingdom. (laughs) Can I just, can I just, I'm going to dip into a mystery and then dip out because I don't want to freak you out. But I just want to, can we go into something a little deep here? Just a little deep. (laughs) I just try to set it up, you know. (laughs) Get you ready. Eternal life is not a long time, and it's not no time. Eternal life, in the Strong's Concordance, which is a Bible dictionary, Thayer's Greek Lexicon, another type of dictionary, Helps Word Studies, another type of dictionary, it all says the same thing. Eternal life is a realm, an age, an atmosphere, that is all outside, inside, and beyond time. It's outside of time, that's what most people call it. Outside time, no time. That's a third of eternity. It's also inside of time. And it's also beyond time. That says to me (laughs) that joy is a third of eternity. And it's the third that's within time. Are you okay? I'm trying. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Let's just just jump to joy because we don't have a lot of time. So, there's a realm called eternal life that you have right now if you say yes to Jesus. Jesus said, Those who believe in the Son, I believe it's John 6, have eternal life. If you believe in Jesus, you've said yes to his proposal to you to receive his righteousness, to receive his peace and joy, to receive him as Lord. If you've done that, you have eternal life right now. It's not over there waiting for you. You have it. You have it. It's a present tense reality. The thief on the cross, I'm backing up a couple days, but he said, today you'll be with me in paradise because paradise is not a location. It's a realm that's accessible right now. Jesus is the door into that realm. Are you okay? I don't want to lose you. Stick with me. You can handle this. So eternal life is outside, inside, and beyond time. If we put joy on the inside of time, that's why when you're enjoying yourself, you lose time. You ever been in church and it was like a 50-minute service that felt like five hours? I've been in those. I've led those. <laughs> I've preached at those. <laughs> I'm up here like, when will this be over? Oh my god. So <laughs> <It's the> true. <laughs> Have you ever been in a service that was like five hours but it felt like 15 minutes? You ever been like at a at a football game and it felt like like that? It went by like that. Probably not the Bucks because you were stressed out the whole time, but some other team. (laughs) It's my team. I can make fun. It's my team. So you know what I'm saying? You're like, where did the time go? Oh, when you say where did the time go, it's because you're enjoying yourself, right? Yeah, most of the time. So joy is a third of the kingdom, and a third of eternal life is inside of time. When you're enjoying yourself, you're experiencing eternal life on this side of heaven. That's why church should be fun. <laughs> if we're experiencing eternal life in here, there should be smiles, not... So <laughs> I'm a little goofy. I-, I just got this joy thing. I can't turn it off. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And my team will tell you, I'm not just like this in front of people with a microphone. I'm goofy all the time. (laughs) Whatever. I've got got an extreme hope level because a flip was switched and it broke in the on position. I just know it's all going to be good. (laughs) He works all things together for the good of me because I love him. And you because you love him. Amen? So this is what you're being offered today. Mary, you're being offered to walk out the the righteousness, peace, and joy, the eternal life, the eternal message of the gospel. You're asking to be, he's begging you to go tell his brethren that he has become our father. Go tell somebody. <laughs> it's one of, that's one person there. And the other person is Thomas. And it's, it's time to just make a decision to seek him. And if you seek him and you find him, you'll be offered righteousness, peace, and joy. Seems like a pretty good deal, right? Because you were saved not only to get to heaven, you were saved to get heaven into you. Jesus said, pray this way. Thy kingdom come, help me. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's the problem. We're all trying to get earth to heaven. What are you made of? You're made of dust and water. You're made of dirt. You're made of earth, all right? We're trying to get dirt to heaven. Trying to get earth to heaven. Jesus said, get heaven to earth. Here's the plan. Through you. You become the conduit. You hook it up. You become the conduit of heaven, and that electrical current flies into the atmosphere wherever you go, your workplace, everything like that. This should not be the only place of encounter that you go every week. You're a walking encounter, if you believe it. You get to open the doors to heaven for your coworkers. You get to open the doors to heaven for your spouse, for your family. What an opportunity. And when I say heaven, I mean righteousness, peace, and joy. You can be right with God, you can have peace, you can be happy, you can have joy. It's not, the gospel is not only a rescue mission, it's a restoration project. You're rescued to restore. Otherwise, I say it all the time, forgive me. Otherwise, when you got saved, you would have been beamed up out of here, all right? Yes, Jesus, like Star Trek, right? You're here, why? Why? To do something, you have a job to do. It's the Lord's will that you would carry the message of eternal life to everyone you meet. Amen. Amen. I could say a lot of more things, but I'm just going to stop because it feels right to stop. <laughs> I'm going to have the restoration team come forward. If you're on a uh, prayer team, please come forward. While they're coming forward, is this OK? You've been blessed. You, you learned something. You have, yeah? Has anyone encountered Jesus today? Yeah, a few of you. Are good. We gather to host the presence of God and lead people into an encounter with Jesus. To encounter Jesus together, that's our goal. That's why we do this. So in just a minute, we just, I want to give some just explanation of what's going to happen. And then Jimmy's going to close the day. These people up here are here because one of our core values is faith for everyone. And faith is a divine persuasion that everyone is a candidate for the love of God. Even if you don't think you're a candidate for the love of God today, you're wrong. You can be wrong. Have you been wrong before? I've been wrong before. Anyone else been wrong before? Okay, the rest of you are liars. All right, so you're wrong right now. Anyway, you are a candidate for the love of God right now. You are, you, you're qualified to encounter the love of God today. And so what we're going to do is we do, we call it a soft close. We're going to play some music. And you can sit in your seat and encounter God. You can leave. You can get your coffee or last-minute donuts or whatever, if there's any left, I don't know. Or you can come up here, and you can have one of these amazing people pray for you. They're going to have faith for you. You might say, I don't have any faith to be healed today. Well, they do. I don't have any faith in Jesus. Well, they do. And you can borrow their faith. You can. They're offering it to you that's what this is for. So please don't miss that opportunity. They'll be up here as long as needed and they'll just be here to pray for you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Tampa. We want to let you know about our new Wired for Greatness online discipleship platform. It equips you to do the work of God in your realm of influence. Check it out at wiredforgreatness.me. Enjoy this podcast.